Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Hour number two. Good to have you with us live from Commander's Headquarters in Ashburn, Virginia. Taking it right up until 4 o'clock today. Craig Hoffman at that point. But at 2.30, you're going to hear live from right outside this office that I'm stuck in, which apparently I'm very loud in. Uh, go figure. No surprise. Um, you are going to hear from Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt Jr., the new offensive and defensive coordinator. We'll see who else uh, takes to the mic as well as the new coaching staff has been officially uh, introduced. Now, uh, during the top of the hour, I tried to do. I tried to do a little investigation, Maddie. Uh, I tried to figure out why I've got seemingly I don't know a hundred tweets, maybe more, um, of people littering uh, my timeline at WrestleMania six two one with, I blame you. I mean, this I has blame to be you, Jeff, doesn't it? I blame you for everything. Nick Palastro says, um, our guy Ben Conti. I blame you. Uh, debt molders, I blame you. Um, more people, I blame you. I blame you. Kelsey Carpenter, I blame you. Uh, Texas Redskins fan, I blame you. Uh, somebody, uh, Commander's Tequila says, I blame you. Love also, Commander's Tequila. <laughs> you owe me a bottle, at J.P. Finley, NBCS. So I was wondering where this came from and what happened and what triggered I blame you. And then, of course, J.P. Finley is tagged on a couple of these tweets. So I thought, hmm, it's probably, if I know any different, it's probably the uh, fearless co-host of the B. Mitch and Finley show that was sitting next door to me that was razzing me about everything and that likes to bust my chops about everything. And I'm, I'm totally cool with that. I love it. Um, he was probably upset at some cupcakes that I brought in for the media assembled here. Now, there's only 12. I didn't plan it this way. I just I just picked up 12 cupcakes and whatever. Anybody could eat them. Uh, not everybody likes cupcakes, what have you. I would assume it's something to do with that, but I tried to confront J.P. Finley about what this is all about. And like the weasel that he is, he basically said, uh, no, uh, it has nothing to do with him, and... Uh, that I talk too loud and 
he's not going to tell me what it has to do with him. So apparently something that they said over on 106.7 The Fan before their show ended triggered all these I blame you tweets. And I'm waiting for somebody on Twitter, somebody on X, at WrestleMania621, or if you want to call, that was listening that knows the full context because JP and B. Mitch are not giving me the full context. Now, my guy Bob Matthews, who's uh, one of the best dudes out there, he says, I don't blame you, and hashtag Team Rooster. My guy, Bob Matthews, who's always in support of running the football. But most everybody, Chris Hancock, I blame you. Captain Todd, who's always one of our guys, I blame you in big capital letters. Jim Steele, I blame you. Mike Rosenheim, I blame you. I mean, come on. Phil Reynolds, I blame you in big capital letters. I have many faults, damn it! (laughs) I do. I do. I do. I have many faults, and we do a three-hour therapy session uh, on the station pretty much every day about how many faults that I have. Anyway, if anybody knows the backdrop, because J.P. Finley is weaseling out uh, on telling me the truth, uh, please let me know at WrestleMania621 uh, and uh, or 301-230-0980 on the Ace Law listener lines in a wreck. Ace Law, help you get a check call, 8888-ACE-LAW. Let's get back to it on the phones and talk to Zach in Landover on line two, Maddie, and then we'll get to uh, Dontrell and Frederick after that. What's up, Zach? How are you? I'm right, Rosa. How are you doing, sir? Doing good, Zach. Thanks for the buzz. What's going on? Yeah, I just want to talk about the Steve uh, Wilkes and Cal Shanahan situation. Yes, mm-hmm. I was surprised that Cal Shanahan is not getting a lot of breaks on what he's doing. Cal Shanahan has lost three Super Bowls so mm-hmm. far as a coach. And well, two as a coach, right? One as, as an offensive coordinator, right? Right. Yeah. When you said head coach, you, you of, mean you mean criticism, right? You don't mean like where he's yeah, getting criticism. fired, right? Yeah, criticism, right? Yes, but sir. you don't you don't mean that he should get fired. You mean criticism, Not as opposed to fired. fired. But he should have a high seat, mm-hmm. just as well as any other coach, like Ron Rivera. Or Mike McCarthy. All right, so so let's let, let's work together. All right, let's work together on this. Okay, you mentioned Ron Rivera, Mike McCarthy. I mean, McCarthy obviously has been way, way, way better than his public reputation and images. I mean, he's won three, you know, twelve games in a row, three Absolutely. years in a row, and won a road playoff game. I know the last game and the last time was ugly. Um, so I I put Mike McCarthy in a different level than Ron Rivera. Clearly, um, you you know, but but Mike McCarthy is clearly not at the same level as Kyle Shanahan. To your point, Kyle Shanahan deserves a lot of criticism. If we hear uh, and if we've heard, right, that players weren't prepared for uh, Patrick Mahomes to run on a quarterback keeper on fourth and one, fourth and one and change in the Super Bowl in overtime, you know, that is a direct reflection on the leadership and the overall coaching philosophy of Kyle Shanahan and Steve Wilkes. Now, clearly, Kyle Shanahan Correct. is looking around and saying, hey, that's on Steve Wilkes, not as much on me. But Kyle Shanahan is getting plenty of criticism for what he obviously did in overtime, for not running the ball uh, enough in the third quarter when they really struggled on three offensive possessions for doing, uh, not being able to get George Kittle or Debo Samuel on track for various different things, right? So you believe, I would say... You believe... I, go ahead. I apologize. That's good. That's right. All right, no, so do you yeah, believe Mike Shanahan uh-huh. on that third and four in the fourth quarter when the Chiefs needed to take a timeout, he threw the ball and then missed Jennings? That was a, that was a missed call by Shanahan as well. 
Was that the so one that, that what, was that the one that Chris was that the one that Chris Jones? I'm trying to remember the play that you're talking about. Should have ran the ball to make the Chiefs. Call a timeout, correct? Yeah. Oh, okay. Now I know. Now I know what you're talking. Yes. I mean, listen. I, I, again, as we said, Monday, Tuesday, yesterday. I mean, I don't think Kyle Shanahan was did a great job on Sunday or in the week leading up. Now they had lots of distractions. They had the, the practice field, uh, you know, issue. They had food poisoning. They had a fire alarm. I don't think Kyle Shanahan coached his best. Apparently, his players didn't know the overtime rules. Right? They came out on the record and said, "No, no, no. We we didn't know. No reason we why they don't know that." Uh, Abs- exactly. Uh, rules exactly. Within two weeks, it should so, be no reason. So here's the deal. Here's the deal, Zach, and, and I'll let you follow. Kyle Shanahan deserves a lot of blame. He deserves, uh, I should say, he deserves a, a good amount of blame. He deserves a good amount of criticism. I agree with all of that. He does not deserve all of the blame or most of the blame or what have you. That's where I kind of draw the line. But to your point, like if you're saying Kyle Shanahan should be held to the same standards as Steve Wilkes. The way I would at least say that is say it is number one. Kyle Shanahan was the boss. <laughs> okay, uh, Steve Wilkes worked for <laughs> Kyle Shanahan, and and then two. The other part is again, Wilkes is not being fired because of statistics or because of a fourth quarter and overtime collapse. It is a cumulative non-fit. And they thought by taking Steve Wilkes, an accomplished defensive mind from outside of the organization, that they could, uh, that they could all get on the same page over the course of a long season. And apparently they did not, both from a technical X's and O's standpoint and from a personality and culture fit standpoint. And I, I listen, if, if that's the truth, which is how it's being presented, if that's the truth, I do understand that there are bad fits and sometimes things just don't work out, even though from the outside, seemingly they did. Sometimes in marriages, in relationships, in friendships, in boss-employee uh, relationships, sometimes things go awry and we don't always see the signs of that. And sometimes things just don't work out and it's better to part ways than than continue something that isn't working. Does that, I mean, yeah, right? That, that makes, makes sense, makes right? Sense. That makes sense to an, to an extent. Okay. But do you just think anyone can just come into this mm-hmm. 49ers organization nope. and just be a defense coordinator? That, I mean, it's, it's a great, I mean, it's a great question. And the answer to that they found out was no. Now I have to trust them that they're right and that it was a bad fit and more that Steve Wilkes isn't being punished for a fourth quarter and overtime collapse. I believe this is a, a greater picture issue. From what I understand, Steve Wilkes was up in the booth uh, early on in the year, and they made him come down because the communication between he and several of his players, again, Bosa, Warner, whatever, guys in the front seven, was not as good. So there have been apparently lingering issues that not too many people knew about. So that's where we're at. Zach, I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for uh, calling in right here. Uh, 301230. Yeah, I appreciate you. 301230-0980 on the Ace Law listener line. So let's get to uh, line four. Dontrell and Frederick uh, wants to talk about Steve Wilkes as well. What's up, Dontrell? How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you guys doing? Good, Dontrell. What's going on? My biggest problem with, I, I just listened to the other caller, and my biggest problem with this whole thing is that the thing about the non-fit, that is some straight-up BS, in my opinion, because 
simple fact, though, if you have a problem with the offensive coordinator that you brought in and you're an offensive, offensive coach, then I understand that. But why would you bring in Steve Wilkes to do what you want him to do? He's, he's a guy that you should say, all right, I'm bringing you in to do what you do. Not what Robert Sala did, but let you do what you do. I just think, mm-hmm. oh, that's BS. Because this man, this defense anyway, at the end of the day, if it weren't for that must punt, he would have stopped Patrick Mahomes from scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Correct, correct. So I'm not understanding that at all. This, all, this right, so, so let's, let, all right, let's work through this together because I think it's a more than reasonable point that you bring up, right? And normally that is the case. We saw that with Ron Rivera handing the keys over to Eric Bieniemy. Here, you do it the way you want to do it. I'm giving you complete control, complete autonomy, right? Yet it didn't work. For whatever reason, it didn't work here in Washington. Now, different situation. So what you're saying is if they hired Steve Wilkes from out outside of the 49er system and from outside of the organization they could they should have given him the keys to drive the car instead of instead of making him assimilate to what they had right i mean that's the overall point of what you're trying exactly. to make okay so i think exactly. it's again a reasonable point and a reasonable argument here's the way i would at least answer it and that is this if part of the crux was he had no experience teaching like the Seattle cover three, which is the form of defense that they ran on the back end, if he had no experience, you were a asking for a little bit of, of dysfunction, trouble, what have you. But the reason why you were running that is because of the type of players that you have and the type of players that you drafted and developed. And so when we say, well, why didn't they just give him complete control? Why didn't they just give him the keys? Why didn't they let him do what he wanted to do? Well, it would be great, but what if he wanted to come in and play man, all man across the board and you have zone corners and you have corners that ideally fit in and again, the old Legion of Boom cover three, you know, where you are pressing at the line of scrimmage. You're not in a pure zone, but you are playing a zone defense with a single high deep safety. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like if, if, if you give him complete autonomy and he wants to play a completely different way than the players that you have, is that good for the organization? Just because it makes Steve, it, because it satisfies what Steve Wilkes wanted to do? Or is it better for the organization to say, Steve, we'd like you to be a part of this. We think you can be a part of this. We, but here's what we've done, and here's the type of players that we have. We need to, for the sake of the players and for the sake of, of structure, we need to kind of assimilate you into them as opposed to them into completely something new or different that you want to run. Does that make sense? I think it does. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. It does, but I just feel for him to get fired the way he got fired and knowing the success that he's had, and it's uh, to me, Kyle Shanahan just keeps getting the pass over and over again because you can also look at it as having a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. Dude, you're one offensive score away from putting this away. Why couldn't mm-hmm. you do that? That's fair. I mean, it's a more than fair point. I, I, like, Kyle's gotten a lot of criticism, right? And, you know, some people have blamed him exclusively and solely. Now, I don't. I, I think the special teams were a disaster. It cost them eight points, seven points against, and 1.4. Uh, basically a net net of eight points. If you have even the, the, the one extra point, the game's not going to overtime, right? The, you know, the game's probably decided right then and there. Again, how much do you blame Kyle Shanahan for that? Well, he deserves some of the blame. There's no doubt. What I'm most curious in is with not only the bad coverage fit, and style on the back end. What did they discuss when they when they hired him? 
And did he, did Steve Wilkes tell them, Hey, I can coach this and Kyle and John Lynch fell for it. I, that I don't know. And then on top of that, how much does not having that great relationship with guys like Fred Werner and, and, and Nick Bosa and whoever else, and those guys are specifically mentioned in the story, how much that hurt? Like, could you have gotten past that issue if he also connected with the front seven guys and the true leaders of that defense, meaning Bosa and Fred Werner? If that was good, I wonder if he could have survived the other thing. So, you know, these are the things we'll never know, Dontrell. And unfortunately, um, it, it sucks for Steve Wilkes. I hear you. I hear you. Well, maybe one, maybe, maybe we'll hear it. And he has caught some unfortunate breaks. Uh, there is no doubt about it. I'm sure he'll wind up on another coaching staff. Uh, maybe if Ron Rivera gets a defensive coordinator job somewhere, or, you know, I, I don't, I, I can't remember if, uh, if anyone is still open at this point. Uh, I have to double check that. Uh, but you know, maybe, maybe the, the, the two of them will wind up on the same staff. I, I don't know. Don't you appreciate the phone call. Uh, let you run on that. If you want to hop in 301-230-0980, we're going to hear from Cliff Kingsbury, Joe Witt Jr. in just a couple of moments at the bottom of the hour. So we're going to take a timeout. We'll come back, reset quickly and get to the trending alert early so we can bring that to you live right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, everybody, welcome back to Commander's Headquarters. We await, again, Cliff Kingsbury, Joe Witt Jr. They're going to speak to the media assembled right outside of our studio here in less than 10 minutes, 2.30, coming up on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. You will hear it uh, live. Um, uh, again, I, I just wanted to kind of put a bow on the first part of our conversation. We'll move on after the press conference. We'll get some reaction, obviously, to what we hear. Uh, and then I have a couple other things I want to get to. Um, but the overall snapshot point, if you were just joining us, is that there are reasonable concerns about this coaching staff, the one that Dan Quinn has assembled, of having too many diverse backgrounds, not being connected enough. 
And I think that is reasonable. I think that is fair. I think that is one question that you should have. And I think I'll go so far to say that to me, I'm more concerned about that and it coming together, gelling, than, again, who the offensive line coach is and how many sacks the Giants gave up with shredded mozzarella on their offensive line and 14 different quarterbacks. That's the way I'm going to choose to approach this. Um, I realize that's not for everybody. I'm never for everybody. I understand that. Uh, but um, the bottom line is that's how I'm going to choose uh, to approach this. And it's certainly going to be a storyline to watch. And we'll get Dan Quinn's thoughts on it as it goes along and maybe even Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt Jr. Uh, in just a couple of moments. All right, we'll take the time out here so we can get to the press conference live. We'll do the trending alert, and we will come back again with Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt uh, at the podium here at Command head, uh, Commander's Headquarters in Ashburn right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right, so last night in New Orleans, the Wizards, without Kyle Kuzma, losing 133-126 as Zion Williamson and the Pelicans got the job done. But it was a career-best night for Denny Avdia with 43 points on the night as he continues to soar and make whatever this Wizards season is at 9-45, and 45, uh, something to watch at least down the stretch. Corey Kispert with 20 points uh, for the Wiz, which lost their eighth straight game overall and again sit at 9-45. and 45. Meanwhile, the fallout from the tragedy at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade continues. Uh, we know there was one victim that died. Many more than were initially reported were injured or involved in the shooting, and now we have word that three, three alleged perpetrators uh, were involved and are under police detainment. Two of them are juveniles. So certainly that is something that uh, will be dealt with in the coming days. And the Seattle Seahawks apparently going to let Geno Smith collect his $12.7 million. It was an injury guarantee, and he will be kept on the roster uh, through Friday. So therefore, he will be on the roster for the Seattle Seahawks moving forward, and he'll get paid. And that's what's trending. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, everybody, we welcome you back to Commander's Headquarters here in Ashburn. Let's take you right out, uh, outside of our office here. Cliff Kingsbury, the new offensive coordinator, sitting down to meet with the media. We'll take you there live. Like Washington was a good fit for you, and can you kind of just walk us through the process of how you got here? Yeah, I don't want to get into the specifics of the process as much, but obviously historic franchise, um, incredible fan base, uh, the opportunity to – work with Adam Peters, Dan Quinn, who I've always had a ton of respect with, with and then the ownership group, um, what they're trying to do, their vision. Uh, it's exciting, exciting times. I've heard great things about the DMV, so just honored to be here. Um, are you able to provide any sort of clarity on sort of what happened with the Raiders and, you know, 
how it led to here. Yeah, I don't want to get into the specifics, but have a tremendous amount of respect for that organization and, and Mark Davis and, and AP. Um, huge fan of his. How was Magic Johnson involved? Uh, once again, don't want to get into any of those specifics. You were a head coach for a decade until last year. What did last year allow you to do, and, and is, does that set you up to be a better OC here? Yeah, I hope so. Um, coach Riley is a phenomenal coach to be able to be around him, watch him from uh, that view, his processes, how he works with the team um, was awesome, a great learning experience. And then just to be around the younger players again re really re-energized me, re-motivated me. I kind of got to be the good cop the entire year in that space and um, felt like it gave me a chance to kind of reevaluate some of my processes and how I operate and uh, felt like it made, made me a better coach. Cliff, back in the NFL, J.P. Finley, NBC4, 106.7. Back in the NFL now, um, but going to be a coordinator instead of a head coach. What are some of the differences that, that will be in those two different roles, and are you looking forward to some of those differences? Being able to just focus on the offense um, will be great. You know, Dan has, has a bunch on his plate. I've, I've sat in that seat, and so you're dealing with the entire picture. Uh, with me now, it's, it's focusing on that group and, and trying to maximize who we are personnel-wise coaching staff wise and being the best we can um, just in that area so to be able to back up and, and do that again is exciting to put all that focus just into that um, and ready to get to work and so much of your life has been playing and then coaching the quarterback position what is if, if there's a roadmap for developing a young quarterback what does that look like first off you got to have talented players to work with there's no doubt I've been very fortunate to be around some really good players, good people, but I just try to figure out what makes them tick. Um, everybody's different. Everybody learns differently. Everybody processes differently, likes different plays, um, sees the game differently. So I really try to get to the uh, bottom of who they are as a person, who they are as a player, and, and build it around them. Cliff, John Kime, ESPN. Everybody talks about the air raid offense. How has that evolved for you from the time you're in college to Arizona to now? Yeah, at Texas Tech, um, University of Houston, you know, we had Case Keenum and Patrick Mahomes, so we were throwing it a ton, and it was spread offense just like a lot of those are. You get to the NFL, you, you learn the nature of that game and, and the different personnel groups and um, the matchups and, and things like that, and I'm not sure where we were on, on pass percentage my last three years there, but I, I know it wasn't at the top. Um, so we want to be balanced. We want to be able to run the football and, and uh, play action pass, and um, really do whatever it takes to win. But the air raid deal is, is you know, I'm honored to be a part of that because it was Mike Leach, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for him, but uh, I wouldn't categorize anything we do under that name. And what did you learn from maybe the head coach time, even calling plays, whatever, that you can apply to now? Every year you learn something different. Um, just consistency and approach. I think that's that's the main thing in this league. It's you're gonna have your ups and downs. It's a lot of parity. It's tough games week in week out, and you got to be consistent in your standards and your approach. Hey Cliff, uh, Ben Standig with the Athletic. Welcome to town. Um, how much say did you have in the other hires on offense, and what's the challenge of putting together all these you know people coming coming together for mostly for the first time? Yeah, it's it's always a challenge, but it's exciting. Uh, it was a collaborative effort with Dan, obviously, and, and Adam. Um, we wanted to bring. A bunch of you know high character people and, and good football coaches, and we have some former head coaches and um, former offense coordinators, and, and um, so I'm excited to put the offense together. I, I think anytime you get a chance to reinstall your offense, you can be more efficient with your processes and, and your verbiage and, and your play calls and your scheme. And so we're going to all dive into it and 
um, figure out kind of what we do best personnel-wise and, and grow up from there. Um, and last year, obviously, you were at USC. What did you kind of get out of that experience being at the college level? And then, obviously, you're working with Caleb Williams while there. How did working with him kind of help you, or what, what did that do for you as you're getting ready to, to do this job? Yeah, he's a great kid, there's no doubt. And, and like I mentioned earlier, just getting to watch Lincoln um, from afar and, and observe him and, and how he coaches and how he schemes things up and his processes was huge. And, and then just being around the younger players and, and really diving back into the everyday teaching. Sometimes when you're a head coach, you, you step back from the one-on-ones um, a little bit, and, and this allowed me to get back into that vein. Scott Abraham, ABC7. Uh, Cliff, welcome to Washington. I guess when you look at today's NFL, what type of quarterback, like the ideal fit, the characteristics, the traits that you want to work with here in Washington? Uh, the Chiefs quarterback? That'd help. <laughs> uh, no. Um, I do think the game, as you can see, you watch those guys, Brock and him at the end, like when the money's on the table, you got to be able to make some plays. Um, with your feet move around enough to escape a bad play. And it doesn't mean you got to run like Lamar or Kyler Murray, but you better be able to move a little bit and um, buy yourself some time because the, the D-line, the rushes, the defense these days are so good. And, and then the intangibles, you know, you want that player to be the hardest worker on your team. You want him to lead those guys um, each and every day when, when he shows up in the building. You want him to lift the building up, and um, that's why those guys make the type of money they do. With how things ended for you in Arizona, now coming here to Washington, do you feel like you have something to prove to yourself or and maybe the rest of the NFL? I don't. That's not how I approach it. Um, you know, I, I do this because I, I enjoy the game. I enjoy the, the players and the mentorship and, um, you know, the, the Sunday is that type of, of competitive um, situation. So uh, I've never got into it to prove anybody wrong or right or anything like that. Chad Ricardo with Fox 5. Coach, we heard from Dan Quinn when he first came in. He wanted to talk about all of the things that he learned from his job in Atlanta. I wonder what it is that you've learned that you're bringing here from your previous head coaching experience and what you've taken away from USC. Yeah, I think, like I mentioned earlier, first and foremost, uh, consistency and approach, and, and then the standards got to be the standard no matter what, no matter who you bring in, what it looks like, how the season's going. Uh, you can't let that dictate, you know, how you approach um, the team and, and how you coach. And, and then the USC deal, um, more than anything, just re-energized me being around those young players and, and those kids that were excited to play the game, even though they're getting paid now, which is a little bit different. Um, they just have a real thirst for knowledge and, and want to learn. Having spent time around Caleb Williams as you did this previous year, what in his game do you feel as though can translate to the NFL at a high level? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to break him down um, right now. I'm still trying to, you know, evaluate our own roster and go through that. But like I mentioned, I uh, love being around him, tremendous person, and, uh, yeah, I had fun at USC. Hey, Cliff, uh, welcome to town. Alex Fulham with DC News Now. Obviously, when you choose to come in as a coordinator, it's important who the head coach is. With it being Dan Quinn here, what was it about Dan that made you really want to come here and be a part of the staff? Tremendous person, first and foremost. Um, the, the football speaks for itself. I first met him in 2012. Um, well, first, yeah, kind of brief interaction. We were at Texas A&M. We played Florida, and they beat us, and I was really impressed by his scheme and how those guys played and they flew around. And um, then watching him go to Seattle and the success he had in Atlanta, 
uh, just the way he he does things and treats people and, and helps mentor coaches and players. Um, he's a guy I always looked at and said, if there's an opportunity, I'd love to work with him in some capacity. So for this to work out has really been uh, been big for me. Uh, and then just kind of expanding on that, the vision that this Harris ownership group has, obviously they want to turn this place into a good culture, a winner. Uh, just th- how much did that play in the role and, and how maybe excited are you for what could happen here in your time here? That's huge. I mean, that's uh, you want to be a place – that's passionate about winning and doing all the things necessary to, to do that. And you can tell um, this is the time to get it done here, and we're going to do everything we can to try and make that happen. And uh, there's no better leader than Dan Quinn and Adam Peters to, to get this thing started. Thank you. Hi, um, Liam Griffin with the Washington Times. You said you're starting to break down this roster and going through film. What players or position groups have kind of stood out to you as you start to get familiar with the roster? Yeah, I haven't got, I would say, far enough into it, but obviously there's some – explosive pieces on offense that you notice um but i'm about three games in so we have a ways to go but um yeah i'm excited i I think there's some pieces there coach candy waller buoy television um what do you think there what are some of the key attributes an offense needs to have in order to be successful in this league yeah first and foremost being able to adapt your personnel um do what you do best and don't ask them to do things they can't do and uh we have a staff that is all in agreement on that and takes pride in that. So we're going to build this thing together and be collaborative as we put it together and just make sure we're putting our guys in the best situation possible. Um, you got to be able to, you know, run the football in four minutes and you got to be able to throw it in two minutes. And you saw that game come down to it a couple times the other night. Um, that's how these games come down to. And, and so um, more than anything, just making sure we're putting those position, those players in a position to be successful. Hey, Coach, uh, Donna Hopkins, Pro Football Plus. This league waits for nobody. When you look at your qualities and your strengths and everything and your, to jumpstart this offense right quick, what do you think those things are? Um, probably number one, I, I don't know what I don't know. You know. I'm not afraid to ask questions and learn from these other guys, and if there's a better way to do it, we're going to do it that way. Um, I'm big on evolving each and every year, doing breakdowns of the top college offenses, pro offense. What are they doing? How can we make that fit? Um, and I think that's what it's about. You know, the defense is always uh, trying to catch up, and it's a cyclical game. And if if you kind of staying stagnant and not progressing and not evolving in your drill work and your scheme and your uh, coaching practice, then they're going to catch up to you. Welcome to town, Coach uh, Delsman Purnell, WUSA 9. Heading into the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback in the league right now, he complimented you, said he would not be where he is today if it were not for you. How, hearing that, how does that make you feel, and what did you see in Patrick Mahomes coming out of high school that a lot of other coaches did not? Yeah, I just, every time I would watch him, he was the best player on the field by far. And he, he put the team on his back and he did whatever it took to win. Uh, you see the competitive nature, just like the other night, I don't think anybody here thought he was going to lose when he got that ball back. And it was the same deal in high school. It was like, you knew he was going to find a way to win. And it didn't look traditional and he'd shuffle back and kind of just move around and make plays. But he was the best player. And, um, you know, I, I kind of stayed out of his way a little bit in college. I didn't want to take that away from him ever because that's what he did great. We tried to polish some things, but to watch what he's become and just the person he is. I tell everybody that's his greatest superpower is the person, even with all the freaky talent. He, he's such a great person. Uh, the way he treats people, the way he handles his teammates, it's just phenomenal. And secondly, Coach, uh, as far as the players who are still on this roster, what, what's your message to them? What what message do you want them to get across um, offensively to the, to the players who are still on the roster? 
Yeah, I mean, at this point, like I said, I'm still evaluating everything, but just that uh, we have a staff that's going to do everything we can to make sure we maximize them as a player and put them in a position to be successful. Hey, Coach David Harrison, Sports Illustrated. Welcome to D.C. Um, run game coordinator can mean a little bit of a different thing to a lot of different people. Can you share anything about Anthony Lynn's role uh, within the staff? Excited about Anthony. He's been a, a head coach, um, another Texas Tech Red Raider, which you can't have enough of those rocket scientists on the staff. Um, so we're going to see where it fits in. You know, he's had a tremendous track record with running backs and um, run schemes and things like that. And um, so that'll be a big part of his his role. But once again, it's be collaborative. We're still figuring out how it all fits um, in that way. But to have a guy like that, a football mind like that, a leader like that is, is huge for us. And then Wisconsin offense coordinator Phil Longo uh, called you one of the most profound offensive minds in the game, and you had a, had a big impact on his own mindset. Uh, who's someone like that in your career that you look at it in that way? Yeah, you know, Kevin Sumlin um, is a guy who gave me an opportunity to, to coach and kind of do it my way and, and just let me have the reins from an early age. So he's a guy that um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for and taught me a lot about leadership and, and scheme and, um, you know, how to be a coach. Hey, Cliff, Chris Bumbaka with USA Today. What qualities uh, does David Blau have that will make him a good coach from the beginning? Yeah, very, very smart. Um, like, I remember we got him in Arizona for a couple weeks, and he probably knew the offense better than I did after two weeks. I and mean, he's uh, one of the brightest quarterbacks I've ever been around, great rapport with the players. Um, and I love his temperament. I think um, whoever the quarterback is, he'll be great. Um, to be around him and just how he sees the game, how he talks protections, how he talks progressions, because he never gets too high or too low. And um, I think he's got a chance to move up really quickly in this profession. Hey, Cliff. Uh, Mitch Tischler, uh, Monday Mile Sports. A lot of talk about collaboration between yourself and Dan. How do you kind of foresee that 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 uh, communication going and how involved do you expect Dan Quinn to be in how the offense is run. Yeah, as much as he, he wants to be, you know, he's the head coach. And so however he wants to do it, we're going to do it that way. Um, I understand that. He understands that. And so as much input as we can get from for him, the better. I mean, he's a guy who can tell us, hey, this is what the defense is trying to do. Um, see it from a different point of view than us. And, and so I'm excited to work with him from that angle and, um, you know, see where we're going to take this. And then one more with uh, Bobby Johnson as the offensive line coach. Kind of what did what do you what did what do you know about him and kind of what intrigued you uh, about him and, and made you want to bring him in? Yeah, he's been at a lot, of, um, you know, great places. Um, worked with some some great offenses. Uh, worked with some. Okay. Um, worked with some great offenses there in Buffalo um, with Josh Allen and. Some of the creativity and the run game stuff they were doing and, and uh, you know, tempo and some different things that I really liked. And then go to the, the Giants' very first year to make the playoffs with Daniel Jones. And um, so I, I, from afar, I liked how he handled himself, some of the stuff he did in the run game, and, and then had got rave reviews from people I really trust in the profession. And, and so did Dan. So it um, worked out. All right, that is Cliff Kingsbury, the new offensive coordinator here of the Washington Commanders. Let's take a quick timeout. We'll bring you Joe Witt Jr., the new defensive coordinator, when we return from here at Commanders Park in Ashburn. All 
All right, everybody, we welcome you back to Commander's Headquarters here in Ashburn. Now let's hear from the new defensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders, Joe Witt Jr., right outside of our studio. John Kime, ESPN. I'm just curious for you, your first shot at this, you know, how excited are you to have your this shot as a defensive coordinator? Man, first off, I'm excited to be here. All right, this is, a, you know, one of the teams that you think about as you're growing up. You know, they won all the Super Bowls as I was growing up and having the opportunity to be here at Washington um, is exciting to be here with Coach Quinn. Is exciting, you know. You're going to see a man that that's going to energize the whole city, not just this football team, the whole fan base. And so, my opportunity to be a DC, I've been um, waiting for this for a long time. All right, um, the staff that we put together uh, is an outstanding staff. Um, we have a lot of coaches that come from different trees. Right, and we did that by design because we want to have ideas outside of what necessarily I've done in my past. So uh, we're ready for it. Um, like I said, it's just going to be exciting times. Obviously, you have ties to Dan, but mm-hmm. why do you feel maybe you're ready for this now? <laughs> That's a funny question to me. Uh, I've been coaching in the league for 18 years. Okay, I see a lot of these young guys get opportunities years, years, years prior, and nobody really questioned them. You know what I'm saying? Um, I've been ready, and just the opportunity now has – come with Coach Quinn, but a question of my ability to call defense, to structure a defense, uh, to do that, I have full full confidence in that. Hi, uh, Ben Standig with The Athletic. Welcome mm-hmm. to town. Um, we obviously got to watch the defense uh, that you and Dan uh, worked on in Dallas. Mm-hmm. People want to kind of know, what, what does that mean now? What are you bringing here? Does that, do you already have a thought in mind of what exactly it'll be, or do you need to see more of, hey, who's on this team, and then adjust to that? Uh, one thing I could tell you, um, like Dan said, is more about the play style than anything else, okay? We're going to get that right first. And, and one thing that we're going to do, we're going to be a run and hit defense, all right? Uh, we're going to run, and, and, and I just told this to our staff, the defensive staff, we had our first staff meeting. Um, the way that we live is not for everybody, okay? It's not, all right? Because we're going to run and put our bodies on people in a violent manner, all right? And so... We're going to get that play style right first, right? And then the structure of what we do um, don't really, don't really, doesn't really matter. You know, three, four, four, three. Um, everybody really plays the same coverages to some point, all right? Uh, the structure doesn't matter to me. The main thing that matters to me is: Are we going to be arriving violently, all right? And we're going to turn the ball over, all right? We're going to make sure we disrupt these quarterbacks. And as a starting point to have John Allen and Deron Payne, mm-hmm. what does that do for, for your designs? How excited are you to, to start working with them? Man, everything starts up front, okay? Um, and and I'm, a, I'm a back-end guy, but when you see me at practice, I'm going to be – even when I was the cornerback coach in Green Bay or at Louisville, it doesn't matter. I'm always going to the big guys. Hey, it starts up front, all right? And so I'm a believer of that. And, um, and that's where we're going to – and I'm glad we have those guys because, you know, that's where, that's where it all starts. Scott Abraham, ABC7, welcome yes. to town. You said a violent defense. Mm-hmm. How do you instill that into your guys? Well, every day, you know, when we go out there on the field, um, the standard is the standard. Okay, now, I know that's thrown around a lot, but um, part of our coaches and the reason that we got the coaches that we got uh, was because they, are, um, they hold people accountable. All right, they're great teachers first. All right, but if you don't do it the right way, you're going to get called out on it, okay? There's only one way to do it, and that's the way that we want it done. And if that's not the way that you want to live, that's fine, okay? All right, you'll probably be somewhere else. But we're going to do it that way. And um, and you just have to go do it, 
You know, it, I don't I don't have a, a it's, it's, it's easy to say if you know, you can do this and that. You just have to go do it. You have to just go work, work, work. I grew up on a farm. My dad, you know, he had a farm and all we know is just to work hard. And so that's what we do. You know, I hear kind of the energy and the passion in your voice and everybody has different leadership qualities and mm-hmm. leadership styles. How do you lead men? What, what are what are some things you, you try to do? First, I want to make sure I'm a great communicator. I want them to understand that I'm here for them. Okay. If, if, if we as coaches uh, take the gray area out of it, I believe our players play fast. So um, I'm going to communicate with them. I want them to know I'm a great listener as well. Okay. So uh, if they have good ideas, we'll listen. All right. This is a collaborative deal. This is not about me. This is not about the staff. This is about us as a unit playing high level ball. All right. Uh, make sure that the commanders are, are, are playing winning football every time we step on the field. And so, um, I'm not really a rah-rah guy, okay, especially on game day. I believe if you're doing a lot of yelling on game day, you haven't done your job during the week, all right? A game day is for helping the players, teaching the players, putting them in in a great position. Now, at practice, all right, we're going to make sure we get them going the right way. So you'll see a, a, a big difference between me on the practice field and on game day. On game day, it's all about helping those guys, getting them in the right position because they're trying their butts, their butts off, all right? They're not trying to mess up, trust and believe, all right? So um, I want to make sure that we put them in a great position that they can go out there and play fast. As you step into a new team, what is What's your, your email? I'm Nikki Javala with the Washington Nikki? Post. Okay, Sorry about thanks. that. Um, as, as you step into a new team, what is your general process for how you go about evaluating the roster? All right, so that's where we're starting at right now. Um, we have what we call a profile of – each position of what we are looking for in our defense. And so um, we match what we have against the profile of what we're looking for. And um, you'll, you'll hear us talk a lot about um, we won't talk about what guys can't do. We want to know what they can do and how far along the journey can we bring them within our system. And so that's what we're doing right now. And we're in the process of evaluating the roster. We did that as a coaching staff today. Um, and I wanted to hear one-liners and what each position coach thought about uh, the position of the men there. And then we'll start to see what we feel like we must have, what we need, and, and, and some wants that we want from a um, talent um, acquisition standpoint. And just being in the, the division the last few years, does that give you any sort of leg up in the process? Or you, do you just start completely anew as if they're uh, – it might give you a little bit because, you know, we, we played these teams twice, but it's really I'm looking at the other side of the ball. So I really haven't watched, you know, Washington's defense prior to coming here. So um, it wasn't that much of an advantage. What's a profile? Excuse of, me. Well, uh, sorry, you. Sam Fortier with the Washington Post. Sam, okay, thank you. Can you tell us about a profile of, of one position? Uh, no, I cannot. Uh, that I, that's a, I, want, I don't want people to know what we're looking at and what we're looking for because I think that's the secret of um, Dan and, and, and you know the things that we actually look for. That's not for everybody to know. What's your timeline? I guess you know from now until maybe the draft of, of how you're going to go through the process of evaluating what you have, what you need, who you bring in. Like, can you can you kind of walk us through how you're planning on doing that? Oh, uh, you know, to be honest with you, we're going to follow the calendar that Dan gives us. Okay, so right now. We're in the process of evaluating who we have, all right? And we did that pretty much today. And then once we get the free agent list, which we haven't gotten yet, um, we'll look at those guys that we could possibly add from there. Same thing when we get the draft list. It's it's the same process on all 32 teams. You know, you you, you follow – you look at your staff. Even if, let's say, I was back in Dallas right now, we'll be reevaluating our current players, all right? Who's there? Who, you know, who can we take further on their journey? 
And so same thing here, nothing different. Hey, Joe, welcome to D.C. I'm yes, J.P. Sir. Finley with NBC4 and 106.7. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have had a ton of success defending the pass in Dallas over the mm-hmm. past couple of years. That's been a weakness here in Washington. What are the steps you take to, to flip that over with the new secondary you're in charge of? One thing I would, I would say is um, everything that we're going to try to do starts with the quarterback. All right. Um, we want to make that quarterback play post-snap as much as possible. Uh, these quarterbacks are too good. So if, if you allow them to uh, see the structure that you're lined up in and, and, and tell them the truth with it and so they, they know the coverage or they know where the pressure is coming from, um, it's going to be a difficult day for you. So um, as much as possible, what we've done in Dallas from a disguise standpoint and a pressure standpoint is trying to make that quarterback play post-snap and now – the Russian coverage, which is a, always a good marriage, they can come to life together. And so that's that's what we're going to try to do. That's why we've had success in um, not only my time in, in Dallas, but in, in Green Bay, that stretch. Um, we, we're known for turning the ball over, and that's what we're going to do here. And being known for turning the ball over, is that something you can teach, or is some of that just the way balls bounce on game day? How can you get this group? Because they kind of tried to do that in the past, and it hasn't really come to fruition. Well, I mean, you can coach it some. Um, the the first thing is you have to have players that can catch the ball, okay? That's the number one thing, and that might sound simplistic, but that's the truth. Um, once you get quarterbacks playing post-snap, all right, they're making errant throws. Uh, most interceptions aren't aren't on good thrown balls. They're on tips and overthrows. They're on inside hip throws on outside breakers. Now, when you have those opportunities on those plays, you got to make them. All right, you gotta you gotta bring the ball to life, and you'll hear me talk about this all the time. The ball is life, all right, and so we it's like air, and we gotta have it, we gotta get it. Most drills that you see us on the field will end with some kind of guy catching the ball, picking the ball off off, off a fumble, um, just understanding that how to get the ball out from a punch, a, a rake, or what have you. We're going to attack the ball every kind of way we can in practice, so it translates into the game. Mitch Tischler with uh, Mighty Mouse Sports. Um, last year with the Cowboys, obviously, Michael Parsons is a special player, mm-hmm. but you moved him around the defense a lot and kind of got creative a little bit with him. How much of that is a staple of kind of the type of defense you want to bring to Washington and, and kind of creating creating matchups for players like that? Well, you know, Micah is a unicorn, so he, he's a little bit different, but it doesn't take a unicorn to, to be creative, all right? Um, I like to think of our defense, um, and even going back to Green Bay, as sort of a positionalist defense because – and just follow me with this here. Um, you can take a Michael Parsons and, and put him down, put him at linebacker in the four down spacing, or you can put him at an um, in and five down spacing, okay? Or you could take a J. Ron Curse, who we've had as a safety, a Buffalo nickel, um, and then you can put him in a linebacker type spacing. It changes the ID for the centers when you do that. It changes that point, and, and depending on is Micah out there with four bigs or how they're going to consider him. Are they going to put the back on him? Good luck if you want to. All right, are you going to slide to him? So, um, we have some guys here that that we feel that can create some real matchup problems with people, and um, we're gonna. You're gonna hear me talk about feed the studs. Uh, you got to earn your right to be a stud, so we can design things particularly for you. Uh, and we will get creative with, especially our, our pressure package of how we get to the quarterback and who we send to the quarterback, uh, depending on um, how they prove it on the practice field. And then quickly, you guys are in an evaluation mode right now. Yes. Um, will you slide some notes to Cliff about what you what you found from about the Washington offense when you were in Dallas? Uh, well, well, one thing we will do is we talk about being across the hall and being collaborative. So I'm I'm always going to the offensive coordinator, quarterback, coach, and saying, "Hey, 
hey, I see this concept. This is difficult for us. All right. You might. And so and they'll do the same thing. So we'll always talk across the hall and make sure that we're giving each other the best advantage in um, every, every manner we can. Hey, Joe, Chris Bumbaka with USA Today. Yes, sir. What did you learn from your dad about coaching? Oh, from my dad? Um, man, everything. Like just the the first thing that I learned about from my dad was um, this is a people's business and they treat people fairly. Um, that's the connections. Um, my dad was a hard, hard coach, man. Like like he he's a hard man to um, to play for, but his players played a certain style. They ran and hit. They, they were fundamentally sound. And, and that's what I got from him. Uh, I know I'm a back-end guy, not a linebacker coach like he was, but he's just – he's what I'm trying to be, all right? I know he he never reached to become a head coach and all that, but the respect that he has whenever he walks into a building, everybody respects him. If he walked in here right now, you would know he was in here because he has that type of command of a room. And um, he's just the man that I'm always trying to aim to be. All right. That was Joe Witt Jr., the new defensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. When we get back, more on Cliff Kingsbury's and Joe Witt Jr.'s press conferences right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.